Hey guys, WFAN the kid here, and today I'm gonna be doing my week five NFL predictions. We're already uh, about a quarter of the way into this NFL season. Four games gone by for all the teams, and bye weeks start now, so a lot of interesting things. We start to see some more meaningful matchups, and we start to separate the contenders from the pretenders. But I will say that I did miss one episode last week. Uh, my week four NFL predictions, I was under the weather uh, after a college visit, so I will reveal my record my record from two weeks ago, which was 10 and six. And then I also, which you heard those predictions from the 10 and six one, that was my week three predictions. And then last week, I did not do a podcast, but I still did uh, my predictions and I went 12 and four, which was pretty good. And as is tradition, we gotta highlight three games from week four, so let's get into that right now. Starting off at the number three spot, I have the Chiefs beating the Jets as one of the highlights of last week, even though it did not go the way that I wanted it to as a Jets fan. It was still a very entertaining game, and I did predict this one correctly, by the way. Obviously, I think basically every single person in the world picked the Chiefs to win this. All the analysts picked it on NBC before the game. All nine, I counted. And yeah. Taylor Swift was there. I do not like how much they're overhyping this. Travis Kelsey's come out and said he doesn't like how much they're overhyping this, but let's be real. It helps his podcast and it helps his brand, so I don't think he's really that upset. But yeah, I mean, it's just crazy how blown out of proportion this thing has gotten. She was there, and I have to credit the Jets for actually putting like a kind of grimace on her face at times. Like She was not the happy cheery Taylor Swift that we saw when they were beating down on the Chicago Bears. No, because Zach Wilson actually put together a performance here. The game of his career, 28 of 39, 245 yards, a couple of touchdown passes, one to Lazard, one to Uzama. So I have to credit Zach and the Jets for actually making this a great game where Taylor Swift did not get to smile and laugh and cheer with Travis Kelsey's mom. Uh, but Travis... Um, uh, Travis Kelsey and the Jets kind of did keep him in check as well, which I thought was pretty good. He had a couple of big catches in the first quarter, and then when the Chiefs kind of took the lead, he had a couple of big catches on that drive there towards the end of the game as well. But other than that, he was kind of a non-factor in this game. And yeah, Mahomes looked off, and Zach Wilson totally outperformed him, if not for those calls at the end, which I think were soft. I heard Matt O'Leary mentioning it, and I think he put it into the exact words. You know, it's not necessarily that we're going to nitpick uh, on that one call where they called the holding on sauce and the late flag. It's the fact that they were not calling that type of call game. And then at the end, where they did not call the hold on the Chiefs offensive lineman on that same play, but they did call it on sauce. It's kind of just disproportionate, and it's not what you want to see, especially in crunch time. you got to call it evenly there. can't call one and not the other. Then, moving right along here to the number two spot, the Broncos beating the Bears 31-28. to I got that one correct, too, even though I w it looked very much in doubt for a large part of that. The Broncos had to come back from being down 28-7. to They scored the final 24 points. And another quarterback of the 2021 draft class put together a master class, Justin Fields, line was 28-35, of 335 yards, and four touchdown passes all taking place in the first three quarters. He didn't need another one to get the job done. Couldn't find it, though. And the Broncos wound up 
completely shocking the Bears with this big comeback. It was a really interesting game, and actually as the Jets gear up for their matchup against the Broncos, probably not the best that the Broncos have this momentum, but yeah. Waters are rising for Matt Averflus in Chicago. We will get more into that when we cover their matchup, but yeah, it's not a good look for the 0-4 Bears. And my favorite, most entertaining game of Week 4, I have to pick the Eagles barely holding on to beat the Washington Commanders 34-31 in OT. Sam Howell, he had 290 yards and one touchdown, which is a... I like the yards, one touchdown could be a little higher. I mean, it took him all 60 minutes to get that one touchdown pass to Jahan Dotson as time expired. But he had a good game when you consider that he's going against the NFC champs on the road in a game that... Nobody gave the Commanders any chance to win, and they really put up a great fight. Running game was there. They were stopping the Eagles from scoring early. Jalen Hurts kind of picked it up in the second half, but still, they held them in check, I think. I don't think the 34 points really indicates how good of a performance this was from the Commanders' pass rush in particular. And yeah, it was just surprising. And we did have some surprising results in Week 4, but now... We will go right along into Week 5. Week 5 starts now. Starting off tonight with a Thursday Night Football matchup that we did see last year. The Commanders and the Bears. Last one time it was in Chicago, and the Bears lost that game 12-7. to They could redeem themselves tonight in Washington, but the outlook is not great. So I'm, I'm picking the Commanders. Like I just detailed, they had a great performance against the Eagles. Very nearly could have beat them. If I was Ron Rivera, I would have gone for the two points at the end of regulation, tried to get it done there, instead of relying on a coin flip, went the other way. And they're just too hot to bet against, and the Bears are just too cold to bet against. If you can't protect a 21-point lead in the second half, I don't think that you're going to win any game, really. And one of the big questions just brought up, Aberflus, is this his final game in charge? It very well could be. If the Bears start 0-5, they're playing lowering teams like the Broncos, like the um, Buccaneers, they had the Commanders here. These are beatable teams that they have not really converted on any. They, they just haven't found a way to win a game. It's been almost a year since their last win at all, and he de could definitely be on his way out if they don't get the job done tonight. And we have to talk about Chase Claypool lastly. He said that he does not believe the Bears are utilizing him properly in an interview, and if he wanted to lose his job, that's a great way to do it. Because uh, you literally just denounce the team that's given you an opportunity when you're barely performing, not putting in a lot of effort, and he was a healthy scratch over the weekend, not going to play tonight, and he should likely be traded soon, which I think is his goal. So yeah, Commanders should win tonight in Thursday Night Football, pretty straightforward. And we have back-to-back -back London games, and I, I really like what they did this year. The Jaguars played in London last week, beat the Falcons. They were turning, or staying rather, in London to play the Bills in this primetime game at 9.30 in the morning. I think this is going to be a much better game than people are expecting, but I'm going to pick the Bills to win. The Bills are coming off this monster game where they score 40-odd points and defeat the Miami Dolphins. They halt the hottest offense in the league, who had just scored 70, kept them at 20, and they're just playing such great football on both sides of the ball. Honestly, it's still 
puzzles me how the Jets beat this football team. Maybe it was, you know, first game jitters for Josh Allen because he's just been dynamite since then. 21 of 25 for 320 yards and four touchdowns. And people, including myself, were complaining, yes, they're 2-1 and one going into this Miami game, but they had beaten the Raiders and the Commanders. And now they finally had this real test. They converted almost flawlessly at home, and they should be able to beat the Jaguars in London. The, keep in mind, though, that this is going to be a pro-Jaguars crowd, despite it being a home game for the Bills. And as for the Jaguars... Aside from their game in London, which, yeah, they probably should play more there, because they looked their best there. They've underwhelmed this year. I know they had high hopes for that Chiefs game, which they did not perform in. They couldn't find the end zone. And then the Texans game, where the Texans just clobbered them. Uh, I know CJ Stroud's done well, but that was something nobody expected to happen, really. And it's just not kind of the start that they envisioned. They have not capitalized in the game's where the other the opposing quarterbacks have done well, they have not com- they have not converted against the good teams plainly, and I don't think that they're gonna start against the Bills. So give me the Bills to win this. Now we finally move into the regularly scheduled one o'clock games. It'll begin with the Texans at the Atlanta Falcons. I'm taking the Texans. I feel like this is the first time I'm picking the Texans all season long. And it's because C.J. Stroud is just playing like a dog. I mean, he has uh, over 300 yards a game, and he has not thrown a pick through four games. The kind of composure that takes from a man in his first year is just so hard to come by, I feel like. For you to not be able to throw a pick through four games, six touchdowns, that's a differential plus six, is just ridiculously good. And Nico Collins, who is not this widely known wide receiver. I mean, I obviously know who that guy is, but he is top five in the league with 428 receiving yards. That's mind-blowing to me. And I was kind of surprised myself, you know, doing some research, checking this out. Is this real? It popped up on my For You page. It, it very much is, and he's quietly kind of starting to get more publicized now that they're winning. Had this ridiculously good start to the season. So expect another game from Nico Collins against the suspicious Falcons D. The Falcons... Offense not playing much better. 13 points in the last two games. Should be a rollover for the Texans if Stroud continues on his epic level. Then next up is the Panthers at the Lions. The Panthers are one of the two remaining winless teams, and if there was a team to get their first win this week, I think it would be them instead of the Bears. But just because it could happen does not mean it will happen, and I am rolling with the Lions. The Detroit Lions easily could be 4-0 and right now. Um, they shocked the Chiefs in Week 1, won their last two games. The only game they lost is that highly offensive game where they lost an OT. So this team is still not lost in regulation. They're a top-five team in my mind, and even without Amon Ross St. Brown, who is still not practicing, he's questionable for this game, they should be able to take the Panthers. Bryce Young on the other side of things, people expected him to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. You know, he was highly sought after enough for the Panthers to trade away a lot of assets to get this guy. And he's just disappointed so far. I mean, we are looking at 204 yards last week with an okay completion percentage. But 204 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. That cannot be the bar for the number one overall pick. We cannot be looking in that and saying, oh wow, he had a good game. When C.J. Stroud 
the number two pick, is lapping him. Anthony Richardson is lapping him. I just can't believe how poorly he started. When the Panthers showed the world how much they wanted him, he needs to change. He needs to start taking risks because when you're 25 of 32, I love that completion percentage, but it should equate to much more yards than just barely scratching 200. He's not taking risks. Adam Thielen is finally starting to look great, a real number one option for this team. Feed him. Take some risks with him. Offensive coordinator. Get some long routes from him. Get some go routes going. Something offensively needs to spark. Last week, the defense had the only touchdown of the game. It's not a winning recipe. The Lions are going to roll over them this week, but the Panthers, something needs to change. Offensive coordinator, if you don't do something, you're going to be out of there. I can tell you that much. Next up on the slate is a divisional matchup between the Titans and the Colts taking place in Indianapolis. I was going back and forth on this game, and similarly to what the Titans have been doing all year, they've been going back and forth. They win one game and look like this great team with an elite running back, an elite wide receiver, and then they go some games where the offense does not do a goddamn thing. I can't put my finger on it. They're 2-2, two and two, and they alternate each week. So last week, they had this marvelous 27-3 to win over the Bengals, and logic dictates that if the pattern continues of win one and look great, lose one, look horrible, that they would lose one and underwhelm this week, so that's why I'm going to pick the Colts in part. It's also because Anthony Richardson has just been too too great to overlook. I mean, he led a 23-point comeback that the Colts did not wind up winning, but they came back from down 23 to nothing in less than a half of football to go to OT. That's a Tom Brady thing to do, okay? That almost rivals the 25-point comeback of the Super Bowl. I mean, you need to be a special kind of player to do that, and he's doing this in, what, his fourth game of his career, so I have high hopes for him, and I think he could take the Titans in this game. I also should mention Zach Moss, averaging 93 yards a game. Uh, He missed the first one that's in three games this year, so the combination of that offense should be enough, in my mind, to defeat the Titans. The next game here is totally the most lopsided game of the week. I don't even know if I could get myself to watch this game because, you know, the Jets don't play till 4 o'clock. It's the Giants at the Dolphins, of course. Take the Dolphins. Take the over. Uh, I don't know. Maybe even bet a grand on them to win whatever the spread is because the Giants look so hysterically miserable. I mean, they've scored three points at home in two games. Daniel Jones got sacked 11 times last week. Their star running back, with all the franchise tag drama, is injured like he gets every year except for last year. Why did he stay healthy last year? Because he wanted that money. I, I, It's just such a terrible team. They have one good year, and they have all these high hopes for this season, and nothing is going right. They should be 0-4 right now. Okay, you you do not deserve to win a game when you give up 28 points to the Arizona Cardinals. You don't. I, I It's just mind-boggling to me. Another thing, if I had to give this team one piece of advice, not that it's good enough to beat the Dolphins, is use Darren Waller more. He's by far the most reliable target you got, and I don't know if it's just the air around the, the Meadowlands the swampland over there that's taken the breath out of this stud because he was ridiculously good. He was easily a top 10 tight end with Vegas. They're just not using him. 
he had one catch, and I believe two targets, throughout the time that this game was competitive. Until garbage time, like the last five minutes of the fourth quarter when they went, got two more catches from Daniel Jones when the defense was in prevent mode and the game was done. They gotta change something up. Defensively, Wing Martindale has been an absolute joke. They gave up 40 to the Cowboys. The Seahawks had a terrible game where Geno Smith did nothing and still managed to score 24 points. And they're shooting themselves in the foot with the little things. That Daniel Jones pick six. You cannot risk that on, what was it, second and goal? Use your legs. He was running the ball great. It's just a game that's going to be completely non-competitive. And I could talk about how the Giants suck for 25 minutes, but it's going to be an easy rollover for the Dolphins. And in the next meeting, it's the Saints at the Patriots. This is a game between two bad teams, man. It really is. I mean, these offenses are just terrible. The Patriots scored three points last week. The Saints scored nine points last week. It's been six quarters since the Saints have found the end zone. And I believe it's been also six quarters since the Patriots have found the end zone since that second quarter against the Jets. So, I think that each of these teams are lucky if they score 17 points. If I had to pick a winner in this game, which obviously I do, it's a predictions video, I'm picking the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Coming off the worst loss of his career, I know Bill Belichick is a man that doesn't show much emotion, but if that does not get the blood pumping and the eyes widened that something needs to happen, I don't know what does. So, Bill Belichick will find a way, like he's done for decades in New England, to beat the Saints, who are struggling themselves. Derek Carr has not been impressive at all, and yeah, it should be a win for the Pats at home. Then, after that, we take a trip to Pittsburgh, Acrisure Stadium, where the Ravens will take on the Steelers in the last game of the 1 o'clock window. I'm going to pick the Ravens to win, because... I envisioned this really good season for Kenny Pickett, and he has just failed on every level. The two games they've won is because the defense did something. The game against the Browns in primetime, the defense had two touchdowns. The game that they won um, against the uh, Raiders was also because of defense, and there's just not a whole lot there from him. He's averaging just over, and I mean just folks, like 201 yards passing per game he's thrown four touchdowns four interceptions so one of each a game and on top of all that he had to go down and have a bad knee so this is not a winning recipe and the ravens just look like dynamite on all facets uh the defense has been really good they had that one obscure loss to gardner Minshew and the colts it was just a weird game i watched it and they deserved to win that game and fell apart towards the end and then Lamar Jackson had all four touchdowns. He was involved in all four last week when they dismantled the Browns. He had two rushing, two passing, two to Mark Andrews. When you have a tight end like Mark Andrews, a young receiver like Zay Flowers, experience on the offensive line, it's just too much for me to think that even the Steelers' defense could save them. And they just they just got humiliated by the Texans. And Mike Tomlin has to answer these questions from the reporters on what has to change and... It might be the quarterback, because Kenny Pickett, like I was saying before, he's not been the Kenny Pickett that we saw in the second half of last season. So Ravens get the win on the road. They'll improve the 4-1. and one. Then after that, I have my big upset alert. It's the Eagles at the Rams. I'm taking the Rams all day. 
Cooper Cup is expected to return. He started passing, uh, practicing this week. And I have craziness happening. I mean, the Eagles this year are 4-0. They have not looked like a 4-0 team. We mentioned it in the open. They barely escaped the Commanders. They almost blew it against the Vikings. They almost blew it against the Patriots. The Buccaneers is the one game where, okay, they actually played a solid game in the second half. In the first half, their offense struggled. They barely got, went to 10 points in that first half. So this has not been the type of play that warrants a 4-0 record. I don't think Jalen Hurts is the problem. They did lose some pieces, like they lost uh, Miles Sanders, and they lost uh, part of their D-line last year that was like historically good. So it's not all to put on Jalen Hurts' shoulders, but he really could be more involved in the pass game. He could find A.J. Brown more like he was doing last year. He could incorporate a tight end to, you know, maybe screens, some kind of new passing. I feel like we've just seen the same monotonous thing every week from the Eagles, and it's getting too predictable. And I think the Rams will see right through it. Their defense is very solid with Aaron Donald, obviously the best pass rusher in the league. And with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, that combo is going to be ridiculous. Nakua over 500 yards in his four games. And obviously with Cooper Cup coming back, it's going to take targets away from Nakua, but it'll make the corners decide. It'll make uh, the uh, defensive coordinator on the other end decide which guy do we want to put our best corner on. And one of them is probably going to be open. Those are two studs, and Rams will have the upset of the week. You heard it here first. Next up... Uh, Oh, I did forgot to mention we already that was our first four o'clock game that we entered. Second four o'clock game here is the Bengals at the Cardinals. The Bengals, it hurts me to say this because I do like the Bengals and I am a fan of Joe Burrow, but man, he is really playing like shit so far this year. One hundred sixty-five passing yards last week. I mean, that that's Zach Wilson numbers. No offense to him, he did have a good game last week, but that is unbelievable from a man that I thought was going to win the MVP heading into this year. Like, what is the issue? I know he has a bad O-line, but I don't know if it's the injuries or what, because he does not look the same at all. His running game is not helping him. And I feel bad for Jamar Chase, and I feel bad for T. Higgins. Because Jamar Chase is one of the best route runners in this entire league, and he's used to Joe Burrow feeding him the ball and this offense balling out week after week, and it's just not the same old Bengals. The Cardinals are a weak team, though, so I am going to say that the Bengals find a way to narrowly escape Josh Dobbs, but this is like a 50-50, and you hear the hesitancy in my voice, but I'm taking the Bengals to win this game. They really need a win to stay competitive and in the playoff picture, so hopefully they could claw their way to 2-3. and three. The next game after this, it's my Jets. It's the Broncos at 425, and this is going to be one of the games of the week. It really is. Last year, a lot happened when these two teams met. The Jets won at 16-9, but Brees Hall, who um, just burst onto the scene, was for sure going to be the offensive rookie of the year. He had an explosive touchdown run early on in that game. Our only touchdown of the game goes down, tears his ACL, changes you know the running back room obviously and kind of it kind of you know hurt me to see you know our stud go down even though we were still five and two it it really changed the outlook of that year 
and this year it has a new type of drama going in. Not necessarily, it's also a redemption game for Brees Hall because yes, he is no longer on staff camp, which is great news. But the Sean Payton comments to the man he is stepping in for, obviously, and Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach of the Broncos last year, all talking that trash about him, questioning the Jets' hire, talking about how terrible he dragged this team down to the mud with Russell Wilson. <laughs> Sean Payton, you have a one and three record right now. Easily could be zero and four, uh, but. Yeah, he was talking all that trash, and that has just sent a new type of fuel into this game. It must win already. It's a new level of intensity now. It got super real. And Nathaniel Hackett had the best game in his tenure as a Jets offensive coordinator because he was doing everything. I mean, he was incorporating Jeremy Rucker, using not just him, but Uzama got a touchdown. Conklin had, like, five receptions. Um new creative run plays where we actually run to the outside instead of just trying to pile over the middle. There was plays to all receivers. I like that we finally used Lazard and got him his first touchdown of the year. I like that Zach Wilson was throwing a lot more on first down, you know, getting him more comfortable. There was play drives where we would uh, have our three downs, get a first down, pass, 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 all three, and it worked. We were passing to the running back. There was screen plays for Dalvin Cook and for Brees Hall early on. It was a whole package, and I expect to see it against his former team as well this week. DJ Reed, <clears throat> DJ Reed is the one main guy who's in concussion protocol. He's questionable. I personally don't expect him to play, which is a letdown, obviously, because him and Sauce, man, when those two guys are on the field at the same time, it is super hard for receivers to get anything done. And yeah, I am obviously taking my JETS to win this game and to get their second win of the season because the Broncos' defense is just atrocious. And with the momentum that Zach Wilson has, I know he's hard on himself, but he totally just outperformed the best quarterback in the NFL, like without a doubt, and had one of the... It had, no, undoubtedly the best game of his career. I had to think for a second because he had a lot of wins last year, but this was the most smooth game that he's ever had in his career where he looked really good starting in the second quarter, and stayed that way for three quarters, had the fumble at the end, was a low snap, I don't fault him too much, but he had, like, so many great drives, it was not just a one-drive wonder. He's going to beat the Broncos. After that, we take a look at the final 425 game here, and that's going to be the Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs as much as I would like you know, the Vikings to go back and expose the Chiefs because, you know, they did win on a suspicious penalty call and they were severely outplayed on the road. Uh, but I do think the Chiefs will bounce back. Mahomes is versing one of the worst defenses and I think he is going to thrive against them. Kelsey's going to get involved. And Pacheco as well. He had that big burst against the Jets last game. The running game for both teams is what I look at the most here. Obviously, no more Dalvin Cook. Not that he would have helped them. He's sucking for the Jets. But the, the Vikings have not gotten their run game going this year. Little spurts of it with Madison and the new addition of Cam Akers against the Panthers. But still, the team that runs the ball better, I think, could have a real shot at having the upper edge in this game. And yeah, the Chiefs, despite the Vikings finally getting their win last year propelled by their defense, Chiefs are going to kind of give them a sense of reality and beat them on the road. Next up, the Cowboys at the 49ers in truly the game of the week. The schedulers, schedulers, 
that's an interesting word. The uh, people schedule makers. Yeah, trying to get that out of my tongue. Schedule makers picked a perfect game for Sunday Night Football, a true game of the week, and give me the 49ers to win this. Brock Purdy does not throw flashy passes. He never tries to overdo it. He is just a great game manager, and he has weapons, a plethora of weapons in CMC, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, all the big names, and he has still not lost a regular season game. Uh, and I can't bet against that, man. Like, if he has not lost a regular season game, I don't think he's going to start at home in prime time. With that amazing number one defense, this team is just the whole package. And as for the Cowboys, their defense did perform well last week. But still, I just don't think that they can contain all these weapons. I like the likes of the number one tight end, or close to number one tight end in the league. Uh, number one running back in the league, no, top three wide receiver combo over the Cowboys' defense. And I should mention that last two playoffs, these teams have faced off, and the Niners have won both meetings. Both were one-score games, and this has created a real rivalry, and we finally get to see it in the regular season now, where it should be a ton of fun. I'm taking the Niners to win in a narrow game. And finally, to close out this wonderful week of football, it's going to be the Packers at the Raiders on Monday Night Football. I'm taking the Packers. I know that it's kind of an unpopular pick. They were trending down after that terrible outing against the Lions. Because, you know, the Lions really did kind of solidify themselves as the true kings of the NFC North. <clears throat> With that blowout victory, I think that Jordan Love could bounce back. He is absolutely going to feast on the uh, Raiders' shoddy secondary. And Aaron Jones, that running game, I liked it as well to take care of the Raiders. The Raiders have already played one primetime game this year. They got, uh, you know, pretty embarrassed by the Steelers. They could never get a lot going. And I, I know Aiden O'Connell was in there. He had some moments against the Chargers. But the, the bottom line is that the stars are not performing for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs has been way too inconsistent. I regret picking him in fantasy. 62 yards is his high. That cannot be the ceiling for last year's leading rusher in the NFL. Okay, he had over 1,600 yards last year. He actually rushed negative yards in a game this year. And until he finds out how to be that effective again, the Raiders are not going to win many football games. As for Devontae Adams, it's more of the same. He's not been the explosive guy that he was a couple years back. And if they were, I'd give the young QB a, a little of a chance at home, but Packers on the road, going to get it done to close out Week 5, and that is going to wrap up the Week 5 NFL predictions. It should be fun. I'm really looking forward to that Jets game on the road, must-win situation. Zach Wilson has gotten me excited, you know, in his play again. I mean, he literally made Joe Namath reverse his words this week with that performance against the Chiefs. Say a quote, hope he stays for 10 years, Joe Namath, the legend, said this week. So it should be all around a fun week. As always, I am WFA and the Kid. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Catch you later.